Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of your favorite Celtics podcast, Chasing Banners. Episode 23, the GOAT episode. And honestly, the fact that we made it this far, Ryan, I'm super hyped that we get into 23. Next is 24. We're getting to 25 after that. We're, we're going places, man. We're I'm rolling. Super hyped. I'm rolling. We're rolling, bro. I'm, I'm super hyped. I kind of messed up the intro a little bit, but I kind of want to just emphasize that this is the GO episode of Chasing Banners, episode 23. My name is Dante Toro. You can follow me on Twitter, at Dante on Deck. You can just find anything you want about me there. Uh, blogs, podcasts, YouTube channel, all that stuff is there. And like always, I am joined by my GOAT co-host. <laughs> this is the GOAT episode. My GOAT co-host, Ryan Sheehan. Ryan, how's it going today, man? GOAT-esque intro right there, Dante. <laughs> I'm doing well today. I'm so excited to have another Monday to talk about my favorite team, the Boston Celtics. You can find all things Celtics that I talk about at 401 Sheehan on Twitter. Um, I'm usually funny and silly on there and whatever I want to talk about on there, I put on there. So if you want to check it out, just check it out. But it's mostly Celtics. So if you want, if you want to talk Celtics, reach out to me. Let's talk some Celtics. Absolutely. Let's get into this, huh? Dude, we have a lot of stuff to talk about today because since we last recorded, when we last recorded, we were talking about a few preseason games the Celtics had, and they didn't really look good in those preseason games. No, they did not. Since then, we've had three regular season games the Celtics have played against the Bucks, the Nets, and the Pacers last night, and I think it's time for us to jump into it. So how we're going to do is I'm going to talk about the Bucks game. Ryan's going to talk about the Nets game, then we're going to talk about the Pacers game a little bit. So let me start off first game of the year against the Milwaukee Bucks. Let me start by saying this, Ryan. Going into this game, I had very little expectations for the Celtics. Just basing off of how they played in the preseason just didn't look like a team that was ready to play. You can blame that on training camp, lack of training camp, a bunch of like new guys, young guys in them that really don't know the system that well. Whatever it may be, all we know is that they didn't look good. The Boston Celtics beat the Milwaukee Bucks 122 to 121. And honestly, it was, it shouldn't have been as close as it was, Ryan, because the, at one point, the Celtics were up by 17 points in the fourth quarter. And just like what they did in the playoffs against the Miami Heat, which honestly cost them a trip to the finals, they blew a 17 point fourth quarter lead. They blew a double digit lead. The Celtics were looking great all game. I mean, honestly, there's a few negatives I want to talk about, but positive. I mean, Tatum and Brown all game long were just feeling it. They were on one. Tatum had 30 points, six for 13 from three. That was the most threes he's ever shot in a game, 13, which honestly, like, kind of surprising, but in a way, like, at at the same time, I can't really think of many times where he shot that many threes. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, like, I like to see that. I I really like the fact that Tatum is – um, you know, doing more. He's, I'm going to get into the free throws. He does need to get to the free throw line more, but it's not like he's not driving. He's driving. He's not settling. He's taking all different types of bat, uh, shots. And I'm happy that he's decided to shoot more threes because he is a very, very good and efficient three point shooter. So I'd love to see him shoot like eight, nine threes a game. He shot seven a game last year. So it's really not like too crazy. He shot 12 for 28, not the best, but at the same time, that's nearly 50%. You can't, you can't complain about that, especially considering that he was hitting like big shots all game. He was hitting down the stretch. He hit like two or three shots that either tied the game or kept the game close. Um, so he was hitting big shots all game. 
Jalen Brown was the star of the game. This he is was my guy. Absolutely guy. the star of the game. The best player on the court. You can you can say what you want about the game winner from Tatum. That doesn't matter. Jalen Brown was the best player. He finished with 33 points, five rebounds, four assists, two steals, 13 for 24 shooting. He shot four less shots than Tatum. He shot 24 freaking shots. There is, I, I mean, I can't think of the top of my head. I can't tell you how many games where he shot that many shots before. But honestly, I love it. I yep. love the fact that he's shooting that much, that Tatum's shooting that much. They had 52 combined shots out of the 101 that the Celtics took against the Bucs. That's what the team needs to do for as long as Kemba Walker is out. Um, Marcus Smart, 0 for 3. Um, 0 for 2 from 3, finished with 3.7 assists. That's perfect. I think that is the best version of Marcus Smart because when he is being smart about his shots, he said he wants to focus on shot selection and making sure he's taking the right shots, not forcing anything. He showed that this game. Yep. He only shot three times. He missed two threes. He knew he couldn't keep taking them. He knew Tatum and Brown were the ones that were having good games. So he let them do the scoring. Same thing with Jeff Teague, who had 19 points, four, four three-point shooting. These guys were the ones that were going off. Marcus Smart knew he didn't have to step in. He didn't have to take shots away from them, force anything. And that is what makes him so good. When he is focusing on getting his teammates involved, he had seven assists. He's dishing out the ball this year. When he's getting seven assists, when he's playing the defense that he is, what, he had three charges, a uh, few deflections, and uh, shock and He had three charges on Giannis. Like, yeah. the dude was laying out. Like, when he's focusing on those parts of his game – and not really shooting. Don't get me wrong. He's like, I'm not saying he's a bad shooter. When he's open, I, I want him to shoot it. When he's wide open, I want him to shoot it. It's just we all know the Marcus Smart experience and that there are times when he can get a little crazy and he can just uh, start chucking up shots. But man, this game came down to one possession and Jason Tatum hit a freaking incredible shot. I say it's incredible. You can also say it's lucky because. That, I mean, did he call a bank? I don't think he did. I mean, <laughs> if you have a hundred times you're going to shoot that shot, how many times is that going to go in? Like, realistically? Ugh. Not, against not the, off against, the backboard like that. <laughs> against the two-time reigning MVP defensive player of the year. Listen, I'll take it. Um, no, I'll, I'll take that all I'll day. I'll absolutely even. take it because it, I'll take it. But hey, it's it went in, right? It, it went, went in, in, right? It's upsetting because, like, it shouldn't have had to have gotten that close. Because, uh, like like I said, they blew a 17-point lead. They, they were in charge of the Bucks. Like, they were really leading the charge. Giannis had an insane fourth quarter, um, and that was that. But as much as it sunk seeing it get close, it was awesome seeing the two Jays um, – just hitting big shots in the clutch. I was talking about Tatum hitting big shots. Brown too. He was make he was driving to the basket, finishing finishing buckets, getting past Giannis in clutch time. Like Jalen Brown, this game showed and proved the Celtics fans that it's not just Tatum that we have. It's not just Tatum that can take over games. Brown absolutely can take over games, and we're gonna get into the other games as well. But from what I've seen from Jalen, this game and then the games that followed. He has been the best player on the Celtics, and I, I really don't think there's really much debate for that. He is going to have a special season, and to me, honestly, this game means – like this win means a lot to this team, I believe, because first game of the year, no expectations. Like I said, I was expecting this team to get whopped in the first game. Like I expected after seeing how they did in the preseason, I thought they were going to get killed by the Bucks, who I have been saying – 
is the best team in the Eastern Conference. I have said, you know, even with the, uh, the Nets coming up, um, trades that other teams have made, I still think the Milwaukee Bucks are the best team in the Eastern Conference. And the fact that the Celtics came out night one after playing like they did in the preseason and beat that team, whether it's by 1.2, 10, whatever it is, that's impressive as hell to me. And I think that does a lot for that team and their morale, knowing that they got that first one out of the way against the team that is expected to be at the top of the Eastern Conference. So the fact that the Celtics were able to do this game one, it gives me a lot of hope and it shows a lot of promise that this team is going to be able to hold their own for the time that Kemba's out. Um, obviously, it's not going to be pretty all times. Like, I mean, it came down to the last possession. Uh, not every game is going to be a 10, 15-point win or whatnot, but, you know, it shows that this team can hang with the best of them. They can go toe-to-toe with the best of them, even without their all-star point guard. So as much as it hurts me that we blew that big lead because, you know, if the Celtics ended up losing that game, all people would be talking about is that they blew that lead and that they just gave up really, but they didn't. The Celtics after this game were one and zero. Ryan, what are your thoughts on this game? Were there anyone that really stood out to you other than the two J's I, I brought up? Um, I know Jeff Teague had a good night too. Is there anyone that really stood out or anything that stood out to you from that game? The one person that really stood out to me was Tristan Thompson. Mm-hmm. You know, we just signed this guy. Um, we expected to for him to come in, be very impactful on the offensive boards, also be very impactful on defense because that's really what we were missing out of a big guy. Um, his first game, perfect. I didn't expect him to go and get like 20 points, 20 boards, anything like that. Mm-hmm. He had a perfect and solid game for what he needed to do. He finished with 12 points. He had eight, uh, eight rebounds, and that's just it. That's all they needed. That's I mean, all he needs to do. Yeah, that's all he needs to do. If he can, you know, get a double-double every night, that'd be great because mm-hmm. that's what he's capable of. But, like, he can be he can be for this team. If he can be, like, a 14-10 and 10 guy, like, it's, it's going to be hard to stop them because the Jays are going to just keep, keep scoring. They're going to stay hot. Um, you brought up the differences that you noticed from Marcus Smart. Mm-hmm. He, we all know that he'll chuck up shots. He doesn't make the best decisions. And sometimes he just really needs to chill. I think what you said, put it best. I think this was the perfect Marcus Smart game. Although he only scored three times, he had seven assists, seven assists. That's, that's solid. Like that's what we need for him. And every other aspect in that game, he was showing up. He does not need to be on the scorecard every mm-hmm. time. He doesn't need to put up 25 points. He doesn't need to put up 15 points. He doesn't need to put up 18 points. He doesn't need to fill the role that he thinks he needs to. He needs to play like this all the time. If you're not scoring, go out there and do something else. Go dish the ball. Go get rebounds. Go draw charges. Go do something that's going to help this team win. I don't care if he scores. If he averages zero points per game this season, I would care less. Because if he's doing everything else perfectly right to help this team win, then what else could you ask for him, right? What yeah. else can you ask for? Yeah. So Marcus yeah, Smart, that right. was perfect Marcus Smart game. I love that he is the one starting at the one position, uh, kind of going back to his college days. So now he's distributing the ball. And to be honest with you, Dante, just thinking about it off the top of my head, the reason why I feel like he needs to be a scorer is because he was running that two position. He was mm-hmm. running the the shooting guard position and that made him feel like he had to be a scorer well now that he's in the one position he can go back to that natural point guard position worry about dishing and worry about everything else so that was a perfect game for him 
Um, yeah, absolutely. Other, I mean, especially with Kemba yeah. not being there. I mean, he, he's the one that's need to have the ball in his hands. He's the one that's going to be the floor general for this team. And he doesn't need to force anything. And I, I remember after this game, a lot of people were saying, because Jeff Teague had 19, four for four from three, they were like, Jeff Teague should be starting over Marcus Smart. I'm like, no, I, at the beginning, like when we first got Teague like a few weeks ago, I, I maybe, I probably would have agreed with you because I, I do like Marcus Smart off the bench, but Jeff Teague brings just an energy. He brings this boost off the bench that the Celtics haven't had in a long time. Like we haven't had guys scored 19 points off the bench in a, <laughs> in a good amount of time. So it's like, we want to keep that. And also like, Marcus Smart being next to Jalen Jason, he's not going to step on their toes. He knows that they're the ones running the show. You bring in Jeff Teague into the starting lap, he might start taking shots away. I mean, in this game, he shot seven for 15. I don't think you can throw in those 15 shot attempts in the starting lineup. I think that just takes away from the two guys that should be scoring. Um, so I, I do, I, I want to see Marcus Smart continue to start the point guard position. Don't change anything there. One other guy that stood out to me and I can't believe it. I really freaking can't believe this guy is doing these types of things now. Semi Ojale. Yep. I, Ryan, we, we, I mean, we can go back and, and to all these episodes and you, you, we can put a compilation of all the things that I've said about Semi Ojale and all, all the mostly bad things that I've said about him. <laughs> this guy comes out against the Bucks and just looks like a completely different player. And I'm not just saying this because I'm like trying to like joke around or be a smart ass or anything. He legitimately looked like a completely different player. He had mm-hmm. five points, four rebounds, one assist. Stats don't pop out, but it was what he was doing. He was a plus one twenty. He was a plus twenty in the uh, plus minus score, highest on the team. He was coming in. He was doing euro step layups. He was doing uh, making no look assists, uh, hitting threes. Like this dude was doing everything that we've been wanting him to do. Uh, well, I'm not. Uh, we haven't been asking him to do euro steps. But the one thing that this guy is doing that he's never done is drive to the basket. He's finally being aggressive. He's doing more than just standing around the perimeter waiting for the ball to get put in his hands. And then he either shoots it, takes one dribble, picks up his dribble, and then the play. And then he has to pass it off. He's actually taking the ball. He's putting the ball to the ground. He's driving to the basket. He's doing more than just one thing on offense, which is all we've ever wanted him to do. And I know, I know it's only one game. It was against the Bucks, And we'll, we'll, we'll talk about him in a little bit too. But if he, he keeps playing like this, man, I mean, I, I'm not taking back anything I've said from him in the past. But, like, if he keeps doing this, I, am, I will forgive him. And, and I will admit that he probably deserves to be playing around 15, 20 minutes a game off the bench, but he needs to keep doing this. It's not just like, I don't want this to be like a one, two, three game thing. Like it needs to be, he needs to do it consistently. And if he does too, that's just a huge boost off the bench. Cause that's basically just adding in a whole nother player. Cause everyone just thought Sammy was going to be irrelevant. So it's just like the fact that we can just add him on for nothing. Like that's huge. That's huge for the bench. He looks faster, Dante. He looks like, completely different. Like, he just yes. looks like a different player in general. Like, I was astonished by the time when he got the – like, the first pass he got and he put it on the floor and he was being aggressive. I was like, immediately, I was like, this mm-hmm. guy's faster. Like, there's no doubt in my mind somehow he worked on his agility or something like that because he's quicker and he yeah. looks smooth and he looks like a basketball player now. Like, he looks like he, he should be in this he rotation. Does. and. You know, it wasn't even just like the first game. We'll get into it with the other games. But, I mean, he's looking good. He is. Mm-hmm. And I'm impressed by him. And if he can keep doing this, then I'm going to have, like, a really hard time nitpicking him about his game. Like, yeah. it was really easy to because all you had to do was say, all he can do is sit in the corner and brick shots. 
But now he's not doing that. Now he's driving the, to the basket. He's getting some ball movement in there. He's being a rotation player. And if he can be like that all season, that's going to be a big help to this bench. And we've talked about the bench in the, in, in the past a lot. I mean, let's talk about Semi Ojale coming off the bench. If he can do that all season, that would be awesome. That would just be a massive, massive help to the bench. Yeah, if he keeps playing like he did against the Bucks, then he is absolutely going to earn his minutes, and he will, he'll be a he'll be a contributor to this team. Um, but before we go into the next game, I just kind of wanted to talk about the Bucks just a little bit. I mean, they lost by one point, but we we can't like just we can't um, undermine how good they are. Giannis had thirty five and thirteen. Uh, Middleton had twenty seven, fourteen, and eight. Drew Holiday had twenty five, six, uh, and six and three. And uh, Dante DiVincenzo had 15, five and three. What, what I want to point out, and I don't know if people really notice this. Um, Giannis shot three for eight from three. So did Chris Milton. Giannis is shooting threes now. Eight threes. It's not like he's shooting just one or two a game. He shot eight threes against us and he hit almost half on that. it. Listen, he's been he hurt. He's hurt a lot. <laughs> 35, 13, and nine of those were threes. Wait until he actually becomes like a decent three-point shooter. Like this dude's going to be averaging 35 a game in his sleep at least. Like it's incredible. Um, but started talking about his game and then he started to fix it. That's Watch right. Out. The Bucks could have easily won that game. Um, even though the Celtics beat them, it's not one of those games where it's like, oh, the Celtics beat the best team in the East or the best team in the East now. Like not, nah, nope, not, not, absolutely not saying that. Uh, I still think the, be- the Bucks are the best team. At this point, um, the Celtics just got the upper hand on them. And I, I couldn't be happier that they beat them, especially when those guys put up those numbers. Because you see those numbers, and you'd think that the Celtics would have lost. But as dominant as Giannis was, the Celtics, they were, they were just that, that much better, just a tiny bit better. So I'll take the win. The, do you want to get into the Nets game now? Yeah, let's talk about the Nets, baby. All right. Jump into it. So the Nets game, boy, oh, boy, what a <laughs> difference that was. Um, the final score was 123 to 95. Um, I Let me tell you, I'll tell you where it went wrong, and it was the third quarter, and I'll get into it in a little bit. But let's just look at the Brooklyn Nets stats real quick. Kevin Durant, I mean, he's back. I mean, this guy is going to be an MVP candidate. I can't see why he wouldn't be. I, I'm very, mm-hmm. very scared for this season, and they're definitely going to be a top three team in the East. I, I can't see them going past that. But Kevin Durant, he dropped 29 on us, four rebounds, three assists. Uh, our old friend there, Kyrie Irving, he dropped 37, 37 with six rebounds and eight assists. And mind you, he went seven for 10 from three. So uh, tied, that, the, tied the Christmas record. Oh, yeah. I mean, Duncan Robinson had it a few games before him. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you can't, I, I don't know, you can't do much with that. I mean, these guys are a very versatile duo. I think they're the most versatile duo in the league. I mean, mm-hmm. I know LeBron James and Anthony Davis are there, but Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving are, what are did, unbelievable. Um, I, don't, I don't want to interrupt you, but what did we say the last episode we have? What, what did we say Kyrie was going to do to us on Christmas? Oh, he was going to torch Bad us. Bad things? Yes, torch. Yeah, yes, yeah, torch. Yeah. He and torched he, us. I mean, mm-hmm. there's, I mean, there's no fans. It's an open gym. There's nothing else you can do. I mean, it couldn't have been any better for him. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's Kyrie Irving. I what are you gonna do? This guy's top two in the league for point guards. I, it, you can't do much with yeah. it. Yeah. But I mean, they had some help. Um, they had some help in, along the way. They had Karis Levert uh, give him some buckets. 
they didn't really have any other guy really score a heavy load for them except for Kyrie and Kevin Durant. But let's look at our guys real quick. Uh, Jason Tatum ended with 20 points, eight rebounds, two assists. Our boy Jalen Brown ended with 27 points, eight rebounds, three assists. Um, those two guys, Jason Tatum went two for six from three. Jalen Brown went 0 for four. Um, Jason went nine for 22, and Jalen went 11 for 25. So Jalen actually shot more that game. Um, Jeff Teague really didn't show up at all. He dropped mm-hmm. zero points, went 0 for five. Um, talking about the guy that is really supposed to come in and help us, and that's a game we need him to help us. Um, let me keep going here a little bit. Tristan Thompson, he had eight points, uh, ended up with a block. He had eight rebounds, and that was pretty much his day. Uh, and then other than that, there just wasn't a lot coming anywhere else. I mean, Marcus, hey, we talked about how we don't really need him to score. Well, we needed him to score this game, and he showed up with 13 points, six assists, and three rebounds. Uh, along with that, he had two steals. Yes, he had two steals. And other than that, there wasn't a lot. I mean, Semi Ojale, we talked about him. Um, I was impressed by him on this game. Again, he dropped nine points. Uh, he also had four rebounds, one assist. The play that really stood out to me was the one when he went against Jerry Allen. Mm-hmm. Went at the rim. I mean, he got blocked, but he got it back, and he flexed on him right after. That was a great Never play. Never done that before. And do you know what, Dante? That play <laughs> ended up being number five, I think it was, or in the top five on Sports Center's top uh, ten. That's incredible because yeah. they're like, wow, this guy, we've never heard of him before. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, my God, look at it. Oh, God, they pr- pulled off the street. Wow, we got to put this in there. No, that was honestly one of the most impressive things I've ever seen Semi Ojale do in no, his career. It, it was. It honestly. Was. And, and now, now he has to stick with it. But, Dante, this game – I mean, the Celtics really outscored the Nets in one quarter. It was the second quarter. Um, Everything other than that was they got outplayed the whole time. Jason Tatum, the first quarter, dropped zero points, I believe. Mm -hmm. Um, And then there just wasn't anything going. You can't start out slow against Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant because you, you see what happens. Now, let me tell you where everything went wrong. Everything went wrong in the third quarter. Up until... The third quarter, like that first half, we stuck around with him. Don't get me wrong. We yeah. were there, right? Mm-hmm. Kevin Durant found the guy to go after, and it was Tristan <laughs> poor, Thompson. Poor guy. Yeah, Tristan. Poor guy is right because I don't know what you can do about this. It's Tristan Thompson against Kevin Durant. Come on. I mean, he did his best, but Kevin Durant, there was like eight straight possessions in a row and like mm-hmm. six of them. He went after Tristan Thompson, and he caught fire. And then after that, I mean, Karis LeVert came into the game. I He started moving the ball around. Um, I mean, there was just, like, not a lot you could do in that mm-hmm. second half. I mean, Tristan Thompson tried his best. But ultimately, everyone, that is where the game went wrong. Kevin Durant found that Tristan Thompson was the weakest link at that point, mm-hmm. and he just started getting buckets. He started isolating. <laughs> he started. He just started getting hot. And after that, there was really no coming back from that. Um, the Celtics tend to like to focus on the three-point ball when they are behind in games, which is something I hate a lot because they tend to do it a lot. Um, I I can't really look back to this game um, and know that they did that, but it wouldn't shock me if they did. I'm just I, – I can't remember every aspect of the game, but I would assume that they were trying to take the three-point ball mm-hmm. and use that to come back into the game because that's what they usually do. But, Dante, I mean – 
it was against the Nets up until the third quarter. Everything was going well, and then they kind of just shit the bed. Jalen Brown was front-rimming a lot of shots. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jason Tatum was just not playing well at all. He started off really slow, and this goes back to the bubble. We need Jason Tatum to be consistent, right? Yep. Jalen Brown is Mr. Consistent, but Jason Tatum is Mr. Talented. If he could bring the consistency to his game, then there's no saying what this team can do. The, the possibilities are endless. So, Dante, I just want to know what you saw from this game because there wasn't a lot of positives I could take from it. Mm-hmm. Really, what I saw, I just put out on the table right there. So, I want to know what you thought. I mean, all the positives came in the first two and a half quarters because yep. they were fi- – listen, they were up. They were down by four after the first quarter. Tatum had zero points. I believe the Celtics also had five turnovers in that first quarter when they had six in total against the, the Bucs. I, I failed to mention that, but the Celtics did a very good job at handling uh, – controlling the ball and not losing the ball against the Bucs. But couldn't keep that going against the Nets, at least to start – Right away, I mean, th- what really set the Celtics back to start was foul trouble. I could not believe he d- he started Thompson and Tice game one, and that shocked me because I just didn't think they were going to do that. With Robert Williams out against the Nets, he decides to go back and starting his two only healthy centers. And just because we're the Celtics, Tristan Thompson gets three fouls in the first quarter. He was killing it. He was getting a ton of rebounds. He had five offensive rebounds. I'm pretty sure he had like three in the first got in foul trouble him and Tice ended up with five fouls oh no Tice had three but he had three early on Smart and Brown finished with five so they were dealing with foul trouble throughout the game as well so that kind of just set the Celtics back there um and uh, I mean positive one positive thing I can take is that um another thing I forgot to mention with the Bucks, Jalen Brown I mean he continued to be the Celtics best player his playmaking looks so much better too he's becoming more of a um a pick and roll player where he's the ball handle there. And he, you know, allows uh, the guy to go to the basket. He's finding Tristan Thompson open. He's finding all these guys open. He's making passes to guys in the corner for three. He's taking it himself. His mid range game looks really good. Um, You know, and even through all this, them being down, Jalen Brown continued to stay aggressive and he continued to try to get things going. Um, You were right in the aspect. Once they got down at the end of the third, they were just playing iso ball. They were playing hero ball. They were, what, what, what this team does is when, um, you know, they have a thing going, they have their system going, they, they have the game plan going and it stops working. So then they just start taking shots. This and that. They, instead of going for base hits, which is how a team plays, you're trying to get like points here and there, like two points. You're not trying to swing for the fences every time. The Celtics right. for the fences. They yep. were going for home runs. They were just trying to shoot their way back into it, and then hopefully their defense can stop the Nets, and obviously that couldn't happen. There are going to be very few defenses that are going to be able to contain the Nets because when Kyrie and KD are feeling themselves and they are on another level, Good there luck. is no one that can stop them. And poor Tristan Thompson, he had to deal with Kevin Durant, but if we're being honest, I, I don't know if there's anyone that would have been able to stop that at that point. Kevin no. Durant was just, I think he had 12 points in two minutes or something. Like he was just absolutely feeling it. Um, I, Kate, Kyrie and KD, those are my two dark horses to win MVP this year. I know they're the same team and it's, it would be confusing figuring that out. But both these guys are going to put up numbers this year. KD looks like he never left. He looked like no. he like he obviously there's there's a few different parts of his game where I notice he's he's playing a little differently. He's not like maybe not as explosive and whatnot, but for the most part, he's still 
Kevin freaking Durant. And I mean, he's, like, he's three games in. We really shouldn't have back. expected much less. Like, obviously, Achilles injury, like, you don't think he's going to be back to 100%, and he's not 100%, but he's still freaking Kevin Durant, one of the best scorers of all time. So, this isn't it's this expected. game. The, the result of this game isn't the most shocking thing in the world because I kind of thought something like this was going to happen. It's just upsetting knowing that the Celtics were close for so long and then let the game get away from them. Because for two and a half quarters, just like against the Bucks, they're going toe-for-toe with one of the best teams in the NBA. If Some people are considering them the best team in the East. Like I'm not saying that, but a lot of people consider them the best team in the East. And they stood toe-to-toe with them without their star point guard again. And up until the end of the third quarter, they were doing pretty well. And then they just let it go, and that sucked. But you know, when you, you, if you want to take something from this game, I guess it's just like you can't you, you can't let another team just throw you out, like score you out of the gym, just shoot you out of the gym, and then you just give up because the Celtics basically give up. In those situations, you got to stick to the game plan, stick to what you're good at, and not go to hero ball. Don't be shooting threes going ISO because the Celtics do that so much, and it's just ugly because they would do that in the playoffs when they'd be up by a bunch of points. They'd start, they'd stop playing team basketball, and it cost them the game. So um, I'm not saying it cost them the game here, but it, it stopped them from getting back into it if they, you know, it wasn't, they, were, they weren't up by 25, 30 the entire game. Like there were points where they could have gone back into it, but they just couldn't do it. So those I, are my takeaways from the game, really. I mean, they, they also, I felt like most of that game, there was just a lid on the hoop. Like, they literally yeah. couldn't score. Je- missing layups. Jeff Teague missed a layup, missed a dunk. I feel like there was, like, 10 missed layups this game. Yeah. The Celtics shot 38% from the field and 30% from three. The Nets shot 54% from the field and 52% from three. You are never going to win games when those stats are like that. I am guaranteeing you that, that is, when you're shooting that poorly and you're allowing the other team to shoot that way, you can count on the fact that if you're going in a seven game series, you're going to lose four straight games. If you play like that. So that's, that was the biggest takeaway for me. I mean, they looked good for two and a half quarters. They looked great. And then they just gave up. I don't know why, but I'm sorry for cutting you off. No, you're fine. I I was going to say, I saw a tweet come out yesterday talking about the three first Celtics games and their defensive rating. Um, it was, it was about, you know, the first two games, they had like a 125 defensive rating, something like mm-hmm. that. Um, something not very good. And then after this game, it was going to just balloon even more. Um, I just want to say we shouldn't be freaking out about our defensive rating or how we played on defense, considering no. we just played the number one seed in the East last year, the reigning MVP. And the second game, we played the Nets with Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. Yeah. And then the, the third game, we play the Pacers, though. which is just like the Pacers are going to put up buckets. I mean, we should have played better on defense. But those first two games, if you're really worried about the defense in those first two games, when we just played the two hardest teams in the conference, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know. I seek help because <laughs> there shouldn't you shouldn't be worried the about, expectations are too high at yes, that point you, you shouldn't mad. be worried about it when we're playing literally the the two best teams in the conference to start out our season they played them fine except for game two the nets like obviously they opened it up in the second half but that first half if they played them like that the whole they were game, up at half they're up three points at yeah, half or five points three it would have been half it would have been a completely different story um, I even said before the second half started, I tweeted out, um, I am bracing myself for the second half Kevin Durant mm-hmm. and Kyrie Irving are about to have. And yeah. 
they had a yeah. second half. <laughs> it's just, I mean, before this, I predicted the Celtics were going to start 0-2. The first two games, I thought they were going to lose both games. That was yeah. my expectations. The people that have that are pissed at the Celtics uh, split that series one and one. Oh, not the series. Yeah, split those games one and one. And they're I'm upset happy. about this and that. Are the same people that want James Harden. And they're the same people that are impatient. And oh, they don't, they're just not willing to wait and just understand the situation that the Celtics are in right now. Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum are fine. They, James Harden and it upsets. And this is what's so annoying is because James Harden put up 44 and 17 the other night. And everyone was like, Oh, you don't want this on your team. Look at his, he had the ball in his hands for 40. He had a 40% usage rate. The dude had the ball, needed the ball in his hands to do all those things. So you're telling me he want, you want him to come to Boston and do that where he's going to have the ball in his hands the entire game. We don't need to get rid of Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown fits this team fine. I'm not going to get into a rant about James Harden because we've done this before. And I'm not going to do it again. But what I'm saying after two, three games, People can't be overreacting and saying we need to trade, we need to gut our team to get this one guy or anything. Be patient. Jalen Brown said it. It's a journey. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a uphill battle. This team is gonna be fine. It's the beginning of the season. Yep. If you're expecting this team to come out of the coming out of the gates hot and all that stuff. I mean, if we're I mean, can we look at the standings and the rest of the NBA? I mean, if people are freaking Start out. Start of the season off of a very, the, very let's, short let off me look season. At, all right. So the Cavs are three and oh, the Magic are three and oh, Pacers three and oh, Thunder one and oh, um a ton of two uh, Timberwolves two and one. Um Spurs to there are teams that should that you know it's the beginning of the year teams are going to be doing good at the beginning of the year. teams are going to be doing bad at the beginning of the year it's a short off season this team just got finished playing a few months ago they had two weeks of training camp if that they have rookies that haven't even freaking became friends with their teammates yet that don't know the system two brand new players all-star point guard is still out like people need to understand the situation and if you want to look at you're starting like oh we need to make these trades look past the player's name look past the numbers and look at how that person would affect a team that he is on that's Mm -hmm. all i have to say about that um but people that are freaking out over two games two three games in their record that's just too much if we can go back and look at years past and see how the team started i mean i'm sure not every single year is gonna be starting off three four and oh you know what i mean like yeah exactly how it is teams come out of the gate and just start surprising people and teams come out of the gate and suck i mean you know the warriors aren't supposed to be this and that but they looked awful their first two games you know what i mean it's like that's just how it is sometimes with teams you know it's just that that's just how it is in the nba first 10 games um going back to that like defensive rating tweet that i brought up Mm -hmm. you shouldn't be judging a team until after 10 games give it at least 10 games into the season and then you can judge but until then just chill yeah. i know <laughs> chill I and watch 100%. people chill overreact. and watch people overreact and then when they overreact they start saying things the team should do this and that and there was a reason why there was one person running the team and that is danny Ainge, and that's why he doesn't listen to anyone on twitter or anything like that he he knows what he knows what's right and he knows what this team needs so i'm going to trust him throughout all of it and not all the people that tweeting at me saying we need james harden <laughs> right right <laughs> Uh, I've, but, I've been going to war on Twitter about that. Listen, oh my gosh, the uh, past yeah, few listen, days. There are some people, some people that just have some some takes. They have some hella takes, hot takes. I've been going to sun. war on Twitter. I don't Hotter care. Hotter than the I, sun. I will go to war defending why I think James Harden could stay furthest away from Boston. Like, just don't even consider us. You see, there and is the some fact, people. And the fact that he didn't add Boston to his list until That's after the first thing. win. 
That's shows you something. Thing. Oh, oh, they, yeah. oh, they beat Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. They're a contender. Mm-hmm. Let me add them to my list. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. You don't, you didn't want us on your, you didn't, you didn't have us on your list the first time around. You add us after we look good. Yeah, that let all set. Clown. Um, Clown and behavior. how was that? You know, a lot of people like you. They like to go to war defending that stuff, and I like defending people as well. It also gets to a point where me personally, if someone's coming at me with just this absolute gibberish, I just ignore it. I, I just, I'm, I'm like, I only have so much time on my plate and I'm just like, do I really have time to be arguing about something that I know is just completely ridiculous? I just, I just made a point. See the thing I did, I made my point. And then if they answered back with yeah, another that's stupid get, point, yeah, reiterating uh-huh. what they just said, then I would be like, all right, that's it. I'm not even responding. There's like, nothing better than calling people out on Twitter for their stupidity. No, there isn't. Someone there tried telling me the other day that he would take Trey Young over Kyrie Irving. Like, I'm just talking about just, like, pick someone as a player. Who do you think is better? And he said Trey Young. I was just like, bro, like, I was going back and forth with him for a little bit. And I was just – then it got to the point where I just stopped responding. And I just let other people go at him. Because I was just like, if you're – like, I, I don't know what else I have to say to prove to someone that Kyrie Irving, one of the best guards, arguably, of our generation, of one of the most talented players ever – I don't know how I have to argue that he's better than Trey Young, who puts up good stats on a bad team. I mean, I, I, Trey Young is very good. I think he is an exceptional talent. I think he's going to be very good. But he's only been there for two week, for two years. He's been an all-star once, and he put up 30 points a game on a, on a one of the worst teams in the league. He's also looking like one of the worst defenders He is ever. so small. Like, like, the thing with Kyrie is that he's a decent defender. Like, he's, like, he has the size. When he came to Boston – he wasn't known as a defender, but he, he turned into a solid defender, and he still is. He's not like a, a he's not like a, he's not a liability on defense by any means. Trey Young is a liability on defense. I mean, just look at him. The dude's so small. Oh. It's just like things like that. I'm trying to say. I know oh, it's a topic, my but it's gosh. Like arguments like that, man. It's like it's thirteen year olds behind a, a it's NBA just, Twitter face. Who's oh. better, Kyrie or Trey Young? That shouldn't even be a question. Whatever. Who's okay. better, Joel Embiid or Mason Plumley? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> like that's literally what. I mean. It's that's obviously Mason. Pl- it's obviously Mason Plumley. Right? It has obviously. to be Mason Plumley. It has to be Mason Plumley. Who else would it be? Not Embiid. He sucks. All right, so let's get into <laughs> last... Mason Plumley is more athletic. He's better than <laughs> yo Mason Plumley. Uh, Mason Plumley and Malcolm Plumley would destroy Embiid, bro. The Plumley brothers are so much better than Joel. <laughs> well, okay, all right, all right, all right. Let's talk about the last game that we have that the Celtics played. They played this. Uh, the Indiana Pacers last night, um, Celtics lost by one. This was just an absolute heartbreaker of a game because, like, we should have won. We should have won. Yeah, we absolutely should have won. And should've the Celtics won. just blew it in the third quarter. Just a nut. Just the same old song and dance, man. The Celtics blowing a second half lead, blowing it in the third quarter. Um, and then the Celtics they tried to get in there, tried getting back into it. Peyton Pritchard, he tried his freaking hardest. Robert Williams, he tried his freaking hardest. Both those guys had the best games of their career. I know Pritchard it was only his third game, so that's not saying much. But Robert Williams, I think, had one of the best games of his career. Um, 12 points, four rebounds, four steals, two blocks, um, only three fouls, which is good for 22 minutes. 22 minutes is a lot of time for Robert Williams, and the fact they didn't foul out or have or nearly foul out is incredible. Yeah. I think that's a great thing. Um, and he, he's the reason why the Celtics honestly stayed close towards the end. Cause when he was getting those late game minutes, people were like, where's Thompson, where's Tice? 
Robert Williams was the best big man for the Celtics last night. And yep. um, he deserved to play those minutes. And, you know, there was one play at the end where there was a little mix-up. There was a mishap with him and Grant Williams with the switch, and Robert Williams took blame for that. That is not his fault. Grant Williams is the one that messed that up. If you rewatch the tape, Robert Williams is the one that had to bail Grant Williams out and take his man. And he unfortunately gave up a foul. That was one of his fouls. It was an and one. I think Sabonis missed the free throw anyways. But besides the point, he was too hard on himself for that one specific play. But he looked amazing last night. Um, Jalen Brown had 18 points, 8 for 13 shooting. I don't know why Jalen Brown didn't shoot more last night. He had four fouls. So, I mean, he was kind of dealing with that all game. He still played 34 points. I don't know why he shot so little. Um, I would like to – I would like to see him shoot more than 13 times. I mean, he shot more than 20 in both the first two games, so he needs to do that, uh, keep doing that. Jason Tatum, 25 points, 11 rebounds, 5 assists, statistically had a good game, uh, 4 for 4 from the free throw line. Didn't mention that earlier. Didn't get to the free throw line at all in the first two games. Finally got to the free throw line today uh, in this game. Went 4 for 4. But the biggest, I guess the biggest story of this game is Tatum's shot selection at the end um, oh. and the final shot that the team took. So I, I, I'm going to ask you your opinion on that. I'm going to say what I want to say first, um, and I'll let you get into it. The thing with that shot is the only thing that upsets me is that I'm fine with the shot. I know it sounds crazy. I'm fine with the shot because it's not like he widely missed. He can hit those shots. It's just the fact that they had eight seconds left to get something going, and they just let Tatum just go ISO and shoot that shot. You know, if they if they try to set something up and failed, and that's what you had to resort to, okay, they had eight freaking seconds. I don't know why they didn't have him or Brown or someone drive, try to create contact, get something. You're only down one. You don't need a three. Um, the, the, I'm, I, I'm saying I say I'm okay with the shot, but like it was it it wasn't a great shot. I, I think Tatum has the capability of hitting that. And maybe I'm just saying this because of the shot that he hit against Milwaukee. So I know he can hit big shots, but I really would have liked to see the Celtics get something else there because that, that was just a poor play. It was just a poor, I don't know if they drew anything up. I don't know if they tried doing anything. Um, it seemed to me that Tatum literally looked like he was going to do that step back from the second he got the ball. Like it just like he knew what he was going to do. Um, and yeah, I mean, if you got eight seconds left, you got to make, you got to make a play. You, you can't just dribble it out and shoot a three. You got to make a play. 150% not okay with that shot. I'm just not. It's 107, uh, 108. You're down by one with eight seconds left. And you're telling me you're taking a shot from three feet behind the three point way line. Way too deep. It was no, way too I'm deep. not Dante. I'm, I'm telling you right now. I'm okay with who took it, right? I'm mm-hmm. not okay with okay. that shot. Okay, okay, okay. Maybe that's, I, under- okay. Maybe. I understand. I understood you on that. Yeah, I know I, you're okay. I think with that's what I, that's what I was yes. trying to get at. I am yes. totally fine with Tatum t- like shooting that. It's just that shot sucked. Yes, it, it yeah, was. That, yeah, okay. it was a god awful shot. I'm 150 mm. percent not okay with that shot. You had all the time in the world, all the time, eight seconds, right? That is enough time in the world to create something else than mm. that. Then that go draw a play where Tatum comes off a screen, catches it in the corner and gets a nice, a, a nice bunny or like drive the lane, do something. Don't take a shot from three yeah. feet behind the three point yeah. line. Try to draw a foul. Try to do something. You're down by one. The possibilities are, are endless within the three point arc. Everything outside the three point arc shouldn't have even been considered. You're down by one man. One. Yeah. Do yeah, something no. else. Listen, it's just like, and the thing is too, it's like what Tatum taking that shot, 
it's not like they settled for that because Tatum was the only one that was doing anything for the Celtics that game. Like, not for nothing. Like, I mean, I'm not saying I want the guy taking the final shot, but if you get a play going, Pritchard shot five for five, three for three from three. Brown was eight for 13. Robert Williams was six for seven. Get, you know, just try to figure, get someone open. You can get Robert Williams going to the basket. You can get Jalen Brown going to the basket or shoot with three. Marcus Smart yep. was four for eight, two for four from three. You have options. It's not like Jay Sam was the only one that was cooking last night. It's not like he was, you know, like, quote, unquote, cooking in the first place. But, like, he doesn't need – and it goes back to what I said about Brown earlier, where, where Brown also can step up and take these big yes. shots. Okay. Tatum isn't – he's he's not the one that has to be taking these all the time. I'm fine with him taking shots, like – with the game on the line, like I'm totally fine with that because he's hit him many times in his young career, but he's not the only one that can take him. And I think this team just needs to work on that in those situations. Don't rely on Tatum thinking Tatum's going to be the only one that can make a, make a play. There are plenty of guys on that team that can make a play and they failed to do that last night. There is far too much focus going through Jason Tatum. Mm-hmm. And especially in last night's game, I even noticed that. There's too far too much focus. They rely, Jason Tatum, they rely on him a little too much. Yes. Honestly. Jason Tatum can still be a superstar player in Brad Stevens' system without having to, you know, be the one to take those shots all the time. Far too much focus. Jalen Brown brought us back last night. If mm-hmm. you notice that, like in the towards the end of the game, he was bringing us back. He was carrying us back. He started to get hot. And to be honest with you, I think he should have had the final shot of the game. I think he deserved it. And I think he was the best option to take it because he was hot. He had brought us back in that fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's it's what you just said. There's plenty of other guys besides Tatum on this team who can do this. And Jalen Brown is literally your other guy. It goes back to the bubble too. It goes back to last season. This guy has needed the ball at the end of games. He is, I say all the time, Mr. Consistent of this team. Jason mm-hmm. Tatum is the most talented, but Jalen Brown is always there. You got to have, you got to find this guy at the end of games. You got to give him chance at the end of games. We have seen it at the end of games. Like last year, he hit big three-point shots. He's hit three big, big shots in his career. Feed Jalen Brown at the end of games because it's not just Jason Tatum who's your star. So is Jalen Brown, and he has shown that so far in these first three games that he can be that guy. We got to feed him more, and we got to find him more at the end of games because it's absolutely getting ridiculous at this point. It's pissing me off because Jalen Brown is that other guy, and the fact that he took 13 shots throughout the entire game, are you kidding me? He should be up in the 20s with Tatum, and he went 8 for 13. Mm He was shooting great. Get Jalen Brown the ball. He needs it more, and he needs it more at the end of games. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at stats right now. I, I said earlier, I'm going to keep saying he's the be- he's Boston's best player right now. He's averaging 26 points, five rebounds, nearly four assists, a little over, a little over a steal, a block, shooting nearly 52% from the field, shooting 23% from three. That's not really anything to be proud of, but he's going that, to that, – that's fine. He took one three. Yeah, yeah, he shot one three last night. So it's not like that. It it. confuses me because he didn't shoot that much. Tatum is averaging 25, 9, 3, 1, and 1 on 42% shooting, 39% from three. I mean, we can nitpick stats and we can just kind of compare them if you want. But from the eye test, I mean, if you just watch the games, you know that Jalen Brown has been Boston's best player. You said last night he hit some shots. They were down by eight at one point in the fourth. Brown was hitting some shots that helped them get back into it. It's not like through that fourth quarter, because I'm looking at the play-by-play, it was not even like 
and I said this like Tatum isn't the only one that's doing that wasn't that was hot last night. Robert Williams was hitting shots late in the game. Smart was, Brown was. You have multiple guys to feed you can work with here, and they just somehow just settled with Tatum. It Brad Stevens, I am like starting to get a little concerned. maybe a little bit more irritated and concerned with him. He and you know, it's kind of something that people have kind of swept underneath the rug for a little bit. But I think it needs to be said, his rotations suck. And yes. his substitutions suck. Like, I give him the benefit of the doubt when it comes to the fact that he's constantly has coached a team that has had just injuries, where he's just had to work around someone getting injured, a star player, multiple players, whatever it was. So it's tough to get a rotation going, to get lineups going when you're, when you're having guys in and out of the lineup. But his play calls and his substitutions and everything, like, last night, like, Grant Williams didn't have a great game. Like I'm the, I'll be the first to defend Grant Williams in cases, but like well, he didn't look good last night really. No. And he kept him in the game. It's just like why wasn't Thompson in the game? Why wasn't Tyson in the game? Like you know, it's just like things like that. It's just you got to understand like who you need on the court at that time and not just keeping guys in there for whatever reason. Like Grant Williams wasn't doing the Celtics any favors last night, especially late in the game. He blew, he missed that uh Missed that switch and it cost the Celtics what was and eventually the game winner. Yep. Brad Stevens needs to figure it out because you know you you can only blame the players for so much. I mean, at some point you got to blame the coach. You got to you got to point fingers at the coach with some things. Like he's not sending his players. He's not putting his players in the right position to win. Last night he didn't do that. He if he let Jason Tatum if he said Jason Tatum we're gonna let the ball run through you and we're gonna let you take the last shot do that you're not setting your team up for success. You're just telling your best players to go and do what you want. And that's not what a coach does. So. If anything, he's using Tatum as a distraction to the, therefore get someone else open. So then you can win. Like it doesn't like Tatum doesn't need the ball all the time at the end of games. Like there's so many different guys on this team that can get the ball and do something with it. But most importantly, like if you're looking for a second option at the end of games, Brad Stevens doesn't know what to do. When in doubt, look at Jalen Brown. That's all yeah. I got to say. No, and, and, and Dante, I have become a bit concerned with Brad Stevens, first of all, because I'm, I'm done with him just allowing teams to go on massive runs, and then you call a timeout when mm-hmm. you're therefore behind by double mm-hmm. digits. Buddy, you've been in the league Did for that against years. the Nets. When the Nets started running away with it, they didn't call a timeout until they were up by 12. You're, at that point, you, it was like you knew it was over. Right. You've been in the league for eight years now. Figure it out. He's been the coach Figure since 2013. Figure That's, it out. Figure yeah. it out. Like, come on, man. You, it is known in basketball. Do not allow teams to go on massive runs like that. And mm-hmm. then you call a timeout once the run is – once it's too late. Like, it doesn't make any sense. He's got to fix that. And second of all, he's really got to switch up the play calling because I don't yeah. know what it is, but something with his play calling has been going wrong for a, not just this game, but for a while. Mm-hmm. For a while. It, it, and – I keep bringing up the bubble, but it dates back to the bubble. Like it, it dates it, back for a while. It, it I mean, dates can, back. It dates past past the bubble. Yeah, it dates I mean, back you can, for a you while. Can pinpoint, you can point fingers at him for the past few years. I mean, I mean, a lot they of people blamed it. him for the whole failed um, Kyrie experiment. I mean, people blamed him for you know the team not making it as far as the not being able to make it to the finals. You know, it, like I said, you can you blame the players so much, but at a point you gotta start blaming the coach. And I think we're getting to a point now where it's like, even if we're winning games, it's like, you know, we beat the Bucks by one. It's just like we we are not gonna win a lot of games if we're gonna have the same play calls 
and if we're just going to have crap rotations like last night. Like, it's just going to be so hard to win. Brad Stevens needs to set his players up for success. Last night, it didn't seem like it, um, and that's just what he needs to work on. Um, he's not like, obviously we're concerned. It's not like he's on the hot seat. Like, Oh, no. he do it, he's going to get fired. Like nothing he's like that, but that. it's just like, you're an NBA, you've been an NBA coach for eight years. You've been around this team, this organization for so long. You should know by now what works and what doesn't. And he yeah. just needs to figure it out. Just like the players, he needs to figure it out. Talking about the rotation. You should understand a rotation that works when you don't have a full healthy team mm-hmm. and rotations you should avoid and there's been plenty of times where we have seen rotations that have definitely not worked before and he still puts them out so it's just he's gotta it's not only just the players but it has to be the coach at this point too yeah no exactly now let's let's talk let's just get away from the negatives for a second let's just talk about a few positives a few things that stood out um I said Robert Williams had a fantastic game. Got into him. Talk about Pritchard. Didn't really get into that. He had 13 points, 5-5 five five shooting, 3-for-3 three three from 3. This kid, Ryan, he played 23 minutes last night. He played 25 minutes against the Nets, and he played 13 minutes in his first game in the NBA. Brad Stevens trusts this guy. He likes yep. him. He yeah, really he does. It's kind of like a switch because, like, everyone thought Nismith was going to be the guy getting the minutes that Pritchard is getting, and Pritchard was going to be the one that kind of just, like, rode the bench and would come in here and there. We haven't seen – we saw Nismith once against the Nets. Didn't see him last night. Didn't see him first game. Pritchard we've seen a lot of, and it's like every game he's getting better. Like, it, it's like he's he's going to be in a boss Celtic uniform for a while, I think, because like, he's yeah. just one of those guys that, like, you want around like he is literally like a Marcus Smart 2.0 type of player, and it's just like him being in the in the in on the team that he is like surrounded by all these players is only going to make him better. And being a four year college uh, college student, a four year player at Oregon, like you you have to think like for a player that's been in a college system for that long, like they know what they're doing. It's not mm-hmm. like this guy's a raw rookie that like hasn't really played basketball for more than a year in college. This dude played college like at a high level for four years. Like Oregon wasn't a bad team. Like they were a pretty good team, at least for two of his four years, I believe. Um, so it's like he knows what it's like to compete and like playing big games. So this is really like nothing to him. Like this is just another game. Like when I see Peyton Pritchard play, it's just like it makes it seem like he's been playing in the NBA for a long time. Yeah. Game. Like he's, he's comfortable. Very comfortable out on the floor. Very, very comfortable. Even last night, he was playing he was playing crunch uh, crunch time minutes with Jason Jalen and all the starters. He had a very good game last night, so yep. I'm hoping. Obviously, he's not gonna shoot perfectly every game and whatnot, but you know, playing with the intensity that he has, the the passion, the heart that he has, the hustle that he has, like that's valuable. So he's gonna be getting a lot of minutes on this team, and I'm and I'm totally fine with that. I love him. I I loved the pick from the moment we took him because I know who the hell he was when we took him. That's yeah. the thing. Like I I felt like I had to look up highlights and I liked him. And then oh no, I I like put, like I no, fell in love with him. No, I love Pritchard. I think I love this pick so much because, again, four years. He had four years to get himself ready for the NBA and mm-hmm. use that time wisely. And I love this pick so much because he was ready. And they, they took a rookie they knew would be able to be used right from the get-go because they understood that Kemba was going to be out. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I don't regret the pick at all. I think Pritchard – continues to get better i think he's going to be used a lot after this third game i think we're mm-hmm. going to see a lot of his name and i hope that he can continue the 
to play the way he does. That being just be comfortable. Don't try to do too much and do what you can. And what he's been doing is what he can. He's, been, he's made some plays, and I like it, and I love it. He's shooting 64% from the field and 71% from three this season. If he can keep that up, he can play 20, 30 minutes a night if he wants. Uh, super impressed with him. Uh, hopefully we see more in Neesmith. Uh, he seems like, from what I'm understanding, is that he's – it seems like he's becoming – he's a more of a project to this team right now than a guy Neesmith. that can step up. And I, I didn't think – I thought it would kind of be the other way around. I thought he'd be able to step in right away. I mean, we haven't seen much of him, so it's not like yeah. he's been in there. He hasn't been playing well, and that's why he's not playing. Brad Stevens just hasn't been able to fit into the rotation. Maybe he's not, you know, doing that well. In pre- I don't know. Uh, hopefully that changes. Hopefully he can get a chance. You know, he needs to prove himself. He needs to get on the court to prove that he can be a part of the rotation. So I, he needs I want to get to his pace up. He needs to yeah. be with the NBA pace. What I noticed yeah. when he played a little bit, he he's just looking like he was still in college. Yeah, like and he was. You know, he was behind and that's why someone like Pritchard gets an advantage because you're in right. college for four years so it's like he doesn't really have those like baby steps that he has to get past like he doesn't have those hiccups like he already knows like the pace he already like I said he's comfortable I don't really have to go uh, repeat myself but hopefully we've seen more of Neesmith Pritchard hopefully we continue to see more of him I'm, I'm pretty sure we are because um, he is just an impactful player and just helps this team in multiple ways but those are the three games um, that the Celtics played since the last time that we talked. Um, the Celtics actually play the Pacers again tomorrow, December 29th. Um, there's going to be a lot of games this year where um, not just the Celtics, but a lot of teams play like series against teams, like um, back-to-back games just to reduce travel and stuff. So it's going to be very interesting there. Um, I kind of like it. It's interesting because like it's a different type of game plan. Like you already played this team like yesterday and now it's like okay how we're so they're still fresh in our minds how are we going to be able to beat them the second time around my prediction robert williams is going to start tomorrow night because i think I he played so well against the indiana pacers last night that i think brad Stevens is going to give him the start i think that's, he should that's my opinion i i do not want him starting tyson thompson at the same time um i again would you do thompson that, thompson and williams I would be fine. I'd rather have start uh, Thompson than Tice. I, so if I'm going to pick one and two, I'm picking Thompson. What I'm saying is like right. in certain situations, it's fine because matchups and stuff, but like you don't always have to go to that lineup. Like you no. don't always have to run big. Like I know Grant Williams didn't have the best game of his life last night, but I would also like to see someone like Grant and maybe in the starting lineup because he's someone that can just kind of swing the ball around. He's not going to be taking an absurd amount of shots. He can play. At, he can play good defense. He can guard multiple positions. Uh, you know, you can throw someone like that. I'd rather something like that than a two-center lineup. Um, that's just my opinion. I don't know. What are you looking forward to against the Pacers? I Again. mean, I, I would not mind seeing Marcus, Jalen, Jason, Tristan, and Rob Williams to start the game. I mean, you have your scores right there. Use Jalen and Jason. Um, you still got Tice off the bench. Yep, yeah, and – you know, with Brad Stevens' offense, he loves to have a stretch four in there. Obviously, you're going to have two centers, so you're um, losing a lot in the shooting department. But I wouldn't mind seeing that start at all. Um, let the boys I mean, if you run. Think about it. Let I them mean, run. You're going up against Sabonis and Miles Turner, so it's yeah. like you know, Sabonis is tough. I would Sabonis love Sabonis is on the really Celtics. Good people talk about like people would talk about how like they want to get Miles Turner. I wanted Sabonis. If, you, if I want anyone from the Pacers, it's Sabonis. Yeah. He's, that dude can fit into any he, team. He's so he, good. He's their best player, to easily. be honest with you. Easily. Yeah, he's, he's great. That, Oldie, oh, that's another thing we forgot to mention. Victor Oladipo didn't play last night, so that just also right. 
just a stab to the heart. But that yeah, adds I mean, to it. Sabonis is underrated. I mean, he's an all-star player. He was an all-star. He's a guy that's good at almost everything. Great yep. all-around offensive player. One of the best passing big men in the league, if not the yeah. best. I'm going to be completely honest with you. Um, Took a lot he, from his dad, that's for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Him and you learned uh, a lot from his dad. Giannis <laughs> Sabonis. Yeah, you you can tell that they are very that he took a lot from his dad there. But um, hopefully, Sabonis doesn't do what he did to us last night again. I think Old Depot. Uh, I'm assuming Old Depot is going to be playing again. So that's also something we have to worry about now. I mean, we lost some without him. Now we have to worry about defending him again. But yep. whatever. Um, but I'm you know the Celtics are one and two right now. I'm I'm gonna say I'm looking for the Celtics to win this game. I, I think that they need to bounce back after that loss, the, uh, their last loss, and just get back, uh, go two two, go five hundred, and then go from there. That's the, I just want to see them. I want to see them play with heart. I want to see them not play hero ball, and I want to see them distribute the ball more. I mean, uh, and, and not blow leads. I mean, they should have won the game last night. I mean, that, that's just how it is, and they blew a, a crazy lead. So don't blow leads. Get Jalen involved more. 13 shots is very too li- is way too little. And don't rely on Tan to be taking every last shot. That's all. Yep. And fix the rotations. And that's that's all I can ask for. Do you have anything to add in, Ryan, before I uh before I close out this episode? All I gotta say is feed Jalen Brown. That's all I gotta say. All you gotta do is keep giving the ball to the best player on the team and then they'll be fine. Um and if hopefully they do that and they'll get a win tomorrow night against the Pacers. But thank you guys so much for checking out another episode of Chasing Banners, the GOAT episode, episode number 23. Um, we appreciate each and every one of you that check in every week, listen to us and our stupid thoughts and ideas about the <laughs> Celtics. We can go off sometimes. We can go and just blabber, go on about things. But, um, you know, it seems like there are some people that are interested in it. So we thank you guys. We love you. Thank you. Um, my name is Dante you. Toro. You can follow me on Twitter at Dante on Deck. Anything you want to know about me is there. Articles, uh, YouTube, podcasts, all that stuff you can find there. Ryan, why don't you tell these uh, these wonderful people where they can find you on social media? Everyone, you can find me at 401Sheehan on Twitter, where I talk all things Celtics, Pats, anything like that. Anything you want to see, it's probably on there. Uh, you can also find my other podcast at Sheehan World Pod on Twitter. There's also an Instagram for it called Sheehan's world pod so you just have to add an s there um and then other than that yeah that's all i got to talk about go celts love my team and that's that yeah even though the celtics are one and two me and ryan are still still love them we're, we're not going to overreact after three games we're not nope. going to say this team needs to blow it up we're, we're right we're, we'll be fine we're, we're going to ride with this team no matter what and and honestly they'll be they'll be absolutely fine people can't be overreacting one thing i want to throw out before we end all this people are like oh we only have jalen and jason on this team like we have no one else we have jalen and jason on our team that's not a bad thing guys people need to remember that There's 22 nothing, and 23 there is nothing wrong with having two young guys 22 23 years old leading the celtics right now so be patient everyone it's not always going to be pretty it's going to be an uphill battle but let me tell you when we get there it is going to be special thank you guys for listening Till next time, like always, stay safe, stay safe, excuse me, stay healthy, and go Celtics. Go Celtics. Peace out. Peace.